So I just want to start with an image of a tree. And imagine like a tree line where there's a bunch of trees and then you're kind of scanning it and all of a sudden you see the one that is basically just like twigs coming out of the bark. Like there's no leaves on it, there's no fruit, there's no life. But that tree, it's still like technically rooted in the ground. Like it's still rooted, still doing what it's supposed to do. And it's even like around all the other trees. But there's no life that is coming from it. And there's no fruit. Um, and I think that the image of a tree that is still rooted in the ground but not bearing any fruit is the image of a person who knows that Jesus died for them but doesn't know why. Um, and so two weeks ago, I made the point that the first sacrifice God made was he became a person. And like we all know this, like God became a person to reconcile the world. He became a man to save us from our sins. But sometimes I think we forget why. We remember that. Like we remember that it happened. We believe that it happened. We know that it happened. But we forget why and we don't take time to consider the why. And we can water down the why if we don't think about it enough. And we don't trust the why. Um, and ultimately it ends up us not living out the why. And so we, come, we become Christians who believe something, but we don't believe in the thing that we believe. It's different to believe something than to believe in it. Like I believe in certain like truths. Like I believe that one plus one equals two. I acknowledge that that's true. I don't believe in it. Like when I believe in something, it means I orient my life towards it. When I believe in something, it means I orient my life towards it. It's different than just believing it. And so what is the why? What is the why um, of Jesus coming and dying for us and taking our sins away? It's really simple. The why is he wants to have a relationship with us. Jesus, God became a man and then died so that we could come into relationship with him. Um, that, like, that is what God wants for your life. God wants to be in relationship with you. That is the number one thing that God wants for you. Everything else will flow from that. Um, like the joy and the sacrifice and the evangelization and all these good things that you want to do, the virtue, like it will come naturally when your heart comes into a place of deep trust and relationship with the Father through Jesus. Um, so the first boundary was our humanity. God knocks it down. He becomes a man. Second boundary is our sin. God knocks it down. He dies. He dies and rises. He conquers death. And then he leaves behind this sacrament of confession so we never have to be in a state of mortal sin. So that is what, that, those are the boundaries that, that Jesus knocks down for us. And before he goes... Um, Similar to this, the situation where, like we talked about last time where he's talking to his disciples and he tells them, I will not leave you orphans. Something else that Jesus tells them is, he says, remain in me as I remain in you. This is the this is Gospel of John, chapter 15. He says, remain in me as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him, 
will bear much fruit, because without me, you can do nothing. Those are strong words. Those are really strong words. If Jesus tells us that without him we can do nothing, like that should catch our attention that this is really serious. Um, from this passage, we see that Jesus is requiring deep and intimate love. Like deep and intimate and trusting love. Because if I'm going to remain in someone, I have to trust that that person is not going to screw up my life. Like, if I'm going to put everything that I have into a person, then I have to trust that that person is trustworthy of what I'm giving him and that that person is going to do good with what I'm giving him rather than doing bad. Um, It's like we can't just stand. We're not meant to stand side by side with Jesus. And it's kind of like we're pulling him on. You know those, like, I don't know, those weird little leashes that people have for their kids at the zoo? And they're like... (laughs) You're like, you're with me, but I'm going to do what I want. And also, if I need something from you, like, I'll come and lean on you. And I'll come and we'll hang out. But like, we're connected, but I'm not, I'm not going to remain in you. Like, I still want to call the shots, but I'll keep you in, like, my peripheral vision. Um, that's not what Jesus says. He says, remain in me, like, in. Do nothing apart from me. Um, so what kind of relationship is that when you remain in someone and they remain in you and fruit comes from that. Jesus is requiring nothing less from us than a marital relationship with him. And I think that that can be an alarming thing to hear for like a man or a woman because we don't expect, the way we think of marriage, we don't expect to have a marital relationship with Jesus, like with God. That can be uncomfortable for us. But he's talking about the depth of it, like the intimacy of it and the closeness of our relationship with him. Jesus wouldn't ask for it if he didn't mean it. Nothing that Jesus says is wasted. He doesn't just say things for the heck of it. He is the word. His words are powerful and they're meaningful. And so this isn't, and this isn't even God like doing us a favor This is actually his heart for us. Like, this is actually God's heart for you, that he wants to have as intimate a relationship with you as a husband would have with his wife. Like, that depth of intimacy and closeness. Um, He requires of me that I would give my whole self to him. Like, that I would not have a thought in my day that is outside of Jesus, that is outside of his will or what he would want me to think about, that I would not have a word that comes out of my mouth that is outside of what the word himself would say or would want me to say. I would not make a decision, even like the smallest thing. I would not eat or drink or walk or talk to someone outside of what I think like Jesus would want me to do. And this is how Jesus lived. Like, this is how Jesus lived. He didn't do anything apart from what he saw the Father doing. And Jesus wants to bring us into that relationship. Part of our inheritance as baptized sons and daughters is that we can participate in the intimacy between Jesus and the Father. Like, that's crazy. That's insane. That's awesome. Um, And so I just wanted to share a little bit. This morning, the Lord was just so good to me in prayer um 
I went to Mass, and then I was praying in front of the tabernacle for like an hour before work, and it was just one of those times when I was so filled with Jesus. Like, I was so filled with His presence and with His love, and I didn't, it's like everything exited in my mind. I had no desire to be anywhere other than where I was at that moment. Like, every other person, every other thing was like, out of me and I felt like I was truly remaining in Jesus and that he was remaining in me and I feel like I have experienced these moments like several times in my life like these moments of intimacy with Jesus where it's like it's truly like a love I've never known in a person like it's so full and it's so pure and it's so satisfying and it, it stays with me through the rest of my day. Like, it doesn't take anything away from me. It only gives. Um, and so this morning while I was praying, this thought just, I think the Holy Spirit, like, asked me to ask this question almost because it just kind of arise like, within me. And I was just like, Lord, what is holiness? Like, what is holiness because I think sometimes we have an artificial understanding of what holiness is, and without realizing it, we can make it about ourselves. Like, we can turn holiness into, I just don't want to sin anymore. Like, I, I don't want to, I want to, like, have my crap together. I don't want to be this way. Almost like when we're just like, oh, like, get off of me. Like, I don't want to do this. I want to be good and ordered. And all those desires are actually really pleasing to to the Father. Like, He wants that for us too. But holiness doesn't come when those things all fall into place someday. Like, those things will fall into place when holiness comes. And holiness will come into your life through intimacy. Holiness will come into your heart, into your life from closeness with Jesus. But we can't be intimate with Jesus if we're not remaining in Him every day. A.K.A. like praying every day. Striving for deep prayer every day. Pushing ourselves in prayer every day. That's not what intimacy is if we're not stepping into that every single day with consistency. Like, how else are you going to know him if you don't talk to him? If you don't ask him questions, you can ask God questions. He wants to talk to you. If you don't read his word, you can read God's word. He has a lot for us right here in front of us. And to worship him. Like when you worship the Lord, when you worship Jesus, you reorient your mind to a place of trusting Him again. Because you recognize who He is. You come to a place of recognizing His goodness, recognizing His holiness, recognizing His faithfulness. And you're like, yes, you're a person I can remain in. I trust you. And that those doubts fall away and those like inclinations to just do what we want to do and not move and live in trust fall away when we worship the Lord and we realize who He is. So holiness is intimacy. Um, and intimacy leads to an integrated Christian life. So if you think about it, the more intimate you are with someone, the more integrated that person um, becomes in your life. So if we keep with our marriage analogy, like when a man marries a woman, she becomes integrated deeply into his life. 
and he makes decisions and acts a certain way because of the presence of that person in his life. Like nothing is worse than when a husband or a wife cheat on each other because their intimacy wasn't integrated into every part of their life. Because their intimacy like wasn't integrated into all of the decisions that they made, into the person that they are. Intimacy that, um, intimacy that doesn't lead to integration is just use. Like if I have this time and place for intimacy, and then, but when I exit that time and place, I forget about it, that's, that's a hookup. That's what a hookup is. That's hookup culture. And like Jesus is not about the hookup culture. And he wants our relationship with him to be more about coming and like, just like getting a hit of, I don't know, like our spiritual sustenance for the day and then going on with the rest of it. Like that's not what he wants for us. And I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want to take anything from Jesus. I don't want to just make him something that I come to like feel good about and just like check this box off my whatever or even to come to him and be like I just need to like feel this whatever I want my intimacy with Jesus to integrate itself into my whole life and to actually like change the way that I live and to change everything that I do like change the thoughts that I have change the way I speak to people change the way I love people change the way I spend my time how I talk to my family how do I act when I go home do I serve them do I love them How do I talk to my friends? Like my intimacy with Jesus will change all of that. Bless you. (laughs) If I let it pervade my whole life. Um, And I just want to testify to you that like this is possible. Because this is like literally nothing for me. The Lord in his goodness, he has taken me to a place in my life where I literally think about Jesus all day long. Like I, I think about Jesus all day. And I talk to him all day. And I want everything that I do to be a fruit of my relationship with him. Like today, I didn't even like think about it. This is so funny. Today I went to Wendy's and they gave me um, my bag. And I could tell they're kind of like behind or things weren't like lining up on their end. So they gave me my bag and I was like driving away. I opened it and there was like my fries weren't in there. And I just had this moment. I was like, like, Lord, you're my fries. I don't care. I was like, I don't, I just like got so happy in that moment. I, it was like joy just like came to my car. I was like, Jesus, you're my fries. Like, I don't need this crap. I don't know. I feel like all these dumb things, we just let them like set our day the wrong way. But I was like, Lord, you just give everything to me. Um, Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can be perfectly integrated into our lives. Because even in our most like intimate human relationships, people are limited. Like we're all limited. I'm limited, you're limited, your spouse is going to be limited, your community is going to be limited. We can't know everything about each other. Like I have maybe you guys have these friends where like I have this one friend Claire we're just like together and if we're observing the same situation, I, I know exactly what she's thinking. Like I literally know exactly what she's thinking. She knows what I'm thinking. We'll just like look at each other and it's like, yeah, I like, we just experienced that together as a whole. But like even that relationship, even if I were to get married, there are parts of my heart that I could never communicate to another person. And Jesus in his goodness is the only one 
that I can have a true and complete intimacy with because he's not limited by his ability to understand my heart and my circumstance. He's not limited by his ability to understand my heart and my circumstance because he's the God who became man, right? That first boundary was knocked down. His humanity makes him accessible to me for relationship and his divinity allows that relationship to be unlimited. His divinity allows that relationship to touch every part of my heart. He's able to comprehend every like movement, every tiny thing that goes through my mind. It's actually so deep that I feel like the parts of my heart that I can't communicate to another person always end up being the things that actually God has to communicate to me. Like they're so deep that I don't even know them. Only he knows them. And he has to take me to that place of like understanding myself deeper. That's not something that another person or another ministry or another like hobby or pursuit of greatness or whatever can can bring to you. Like only Jesus can pull out the fullness of who you are called to be and and like get like give you the source to live a life that is like truly great and truly holy and that brings others to the kingdom and actually brings the heaven our kingdom of heaven to earth. Um so just to end, to get to like some, I don't know, some practical things to think about. There are a couple blocks. Where's the marker? Yes. Mm. Okay. You know, love right. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some blocks. We're not going to stay on them, but we have to acknowledge them. You know what I mean? Okay. Blocks. Blocks to intimacy. I mean, it kind of go in like a, like a, I don't want to say the word bad in case someone's like struggling, but it's just like kind of like lowest to highest. I don't know. You'll see. All right. Block number one. So we'll call this like mortal sin and idolatry. How do you spell? Okay. <laughs> okay. So like we all like ODU. Okay. Grace sin is like done in full knowledge, whatever. Um, Idolatry, I think this is like the more pertinent maybe thing in our lives because idolatry is like anything in your life that you're actually staking your happiness upon outside of Jesus. So maybe that's your vocation or like what you want to do after you graduate. But anything that you're staking your happiness and the goodness of your life and the fullness of your life outside of Jesus Christ is an idol. Um, So number two, venial sin. Mm. (laughs) Venial and vice. Okay, I'm so passionate about this. We have to go to war with our venial sins because they are so stupid. Like, they are so annoying because there's just enough that it's not like, oh, I need to, like, run to the confessional. But anything that takes me away from Jesus, I need to root it out of my life. That is BS. I hate that. So go to war with your venial sins. Because Jesus died on a cross for you to have no blocks in your life. Venial. In your vices. Okay. Three. Indifference and stagnancy. So this is like, you have to make time for prayer. 
Like there's actual things that we have to do. Like you have to set, like I know I talked about, I don't want to put, like we don't want to put God in a boundary, but you have to honor the time it takes to actually cultivate a relationship with someone. And so we have to, this is like, we have to make time for prayer every single day. What'd you say? A date with Jesus. It's my boyfriend, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, my husband, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Okay, and then during this prayer time, push yourself in prayer. Like, we all know what it feels like to half-heartedly do something. We all know what it feels like to show up to prayer, and it's like, I'm here, I'll just kind of like, I know the structure that I've set up, I'll do it, I'll pray this rosary, I'll do whatever, but it's like half-hearted. You have it, like Jesus has the grace for you, it's like push through those moments and push yourself in prayer. Um, it's like that story of the guy wrestling with the angel, I don't know, it came to mind. So, okay, and then lastly, under this, wholehearted worship. I feel like we talk about this, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, okay. I feel like we talk about this a lot. But, like I said, when you worship Jesus, you come to realize who he is, and then you will remain in him because you trust him. You're not going to remain in someone that you don't trust. You're not going to trust someone that you don't know. So that is the purpose of worship. Um, So, those are the blocks, and that comes to the end of my, this session (laughs) on intimacy and living an integrated Christian life. So...